It's time for Let's Make Kids Books, where you'll learn how to easily create, publish, and sell your own children's books today. Whether you're just getting started or want to increase book sales and attract more readers and fans, you're in the right place. And now your host, children's book author and founder of letsmakekidsbooks.com, Bo Blackwell. Hey everybody, Bo Blackwell here, and I'm really excited this week because I have a great guest named Carol Exter. She's the author of three children's books and was a teacher for 35 years, and so I'm excited to have her on the show to talk about her books and uh, how she promotes them, how she got them published and out there, and just kind of share what she's learned um, from publishing children's books and also having the perspective of being a teacher for so many years. So thanks for being on the show, Carol. It's great to have you. Thanks for having me, Bo. It's, uh, I love to talk about books. Awesome. Me too. <laughs> um, could you tell us a little bit about how you got into children's books, whether that was something you were doing while you were still teaching or if that's something that you transitioned to um, later on in your career? I uh, Actually, I think the books found me because I – I had no time as a teacher. I taught fourth grade and you teach all subjects. I was consumed and a passionate teacher. So I really had no intention of writing. Uh, it kind of, it was like an out of body experience the way it, writing came to me. Uh, because I find writing very difficult. But I did read a um, couple picture books a day, even to fourth graders to enhance my curriculum. So anywhere I could fit picture books in, I did, whether to teach a lesson about a moral issue or uh, for math. So uh, I was um, very much uh, into picture books, read many, took many courses. I have my master's in um, reading and uh, language. And uh, this was, I, I did a, a focus on that and writing workshops. I had writing workshops with kids uh, all the time. I took a lot of extra courses in that. So, you know, it wasn't weird that this should happen. It just, I wasn't expecting it, but it was the perfect transition for me, another way for me to communicate with kids. Great. And so did you start the writing um, while you were still teaching or was that yes. something? Yes. Just a few years before I retired, it was like magical that it should work in that way. Um, you know, I started writing and then I was very blessed because they say it could take up to 10 years before you get your book published. Um, I, right away within the first couple of years of writing, I was getting very nice rejection letters and um, in a short period of time, uh, I think it was uh, two to four, you know, er early on in the first couple of years, I got um, a nice note about this, my divorce book, my first book, and he was interested and uh, I was very lucky. And that was a big stress because everybody thinks it's getting your book published. Uh, well, it's not, it's not that. The bigger stress comes when you get the book published and then you have to market and do something about it. Um, so, you know, especially if you're not prepared. I think what, as writers, I don't know if we're prepared for that. I think we think we're just going to write, send it out, gets published, end of story. But, uh, you know, a lot of work comes after the book is published. So I was grateful that in a short number of years I was able to retire and do this full time. Yeah, that's fantastic. Did you kind of do the whole typical process of hiring an agent and having them approach publishers, or were you doing no, it more on your own? I did it more on my own. I wasn't aware of uh, the need for an agent in the beginning, and I just submitted. As a matter of fact, I want anyone who's listening to 
to hopefully be inspired. I have sent out almost a thousand um, manuscripts. Uh, in I'm writing almost twelve years now, not even, and it uh, I've sold uh, four things: three books and one magazine article, and one is in uh, acquisitions now. So that would be a fifth. So out of close to a thousand. Um, that shows you how hard it is to get published. I, I was just at a conference this weekend and Jane Yolen spoke. 350 books she's had published and she said that she got five rejections of the day before the conference. So you, you have to accept rejection and keep on plugging. Every one of my books that's published has had many rejections and I kept sending it and it landed in the right home for that particular situation. Uh, you really have to believe that. Well, you know, as someone who who went straight to self-publishing, uh, I'm kind of curious how how do you keep your um, <laughs> I don't know your self-esteem up or just keep your belief in the book up enough to uh, to keep pushing when you're getting those rejection letters um, on a regular basis. You know, especially for that first book, I would imagine when you don't know that it, whether it's ever going to be possible to get it accepted right. or not. Well, I think um, I think that I decided. You know, I was blessed. I had a career and, and, you know, I get a pension. So I wasn't doing this for the money. I was doing it for a new passion to transition for retirement. Um, so I don't, you know, I didn't feel that attached. Sure, I would like to get published, but I didn't want to be, you know, let that be the be, be all and end all. I want to continue writing. So I tried, you know, my very first rejection you know, here I read so many picture books and I, you know, teaching so many years. I think I wasn't expecting my first rejection. But once that came, uh, I think I dealt with it okay. And I said, I'm going to persevere. I'm going to keep on going. I know so many people who, like, couldn't take the rejections and they just stop. Well, if you don't send out your work, you're definitely not going to have anything published. Uh, and as far as self-publishing... Bo, I'm not sure uh, why you went right to self-publishing because, you know, there are some reasons. Uh, I was rather shocked. Um, I We had a, a visitor to our local SCBWI group, um, Cheryl Klein. She's a big editor with Scholastic. She actually edited the Harry Potter books. And I was shocked. She self-edited a book for writers. And I asked her, now, because I was fascinated. Why would she self-publish? She's, you know, so well-known in the industry. She goes to all these conferences, and she said, because I knew I had a place to sell them. She goes to a lot of conferences. She brings them. Uh, she also felt that she was reusing some of her materials that she, you know, already spoke at a conference. So she wasn't sure how that would go over. But for her, uh, financially, that worked because she has a place to sell her books. If you don't, uh, I think it becomes more difficult. And if you are giving up because you're fearing rejection, I think you need to work harder at your craft and continue because you'll probably, if you persevere and you work at your craft and you make it good enough, it's going to find a home. I, I truly believe that. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's in line with a lot of things that I've been reading recently that are talking about how if you really want to... Uh, find a lot of meaning in what you do and actually be kind of happier with how it goes to not focus on the end goal, which is having that book published because in a lot of cases you get it published and then, you know, then it's the next thing. <laughs> Either you've got to do your next book or then you've got to figure out how to actually start selling it and that sort of thing. And instead to, to sort of fall in love with the process 
right. both of writing and of you know submitting and getting the word out and or in my case um one of the reasons i chose to go straight to self-publishing was because i actually like doing the marketing side of things um yeah. and you know trying to to sell it and, and I enjoy learning it and trying new things and experimenting and that sort of thing so for me I wanted to jump into that side of the process but for someone who wants to go the traditional route it makes a lot of sense that you've got to learn to love the process because that's going to be a really big part of um, being a successful author right but I, I also think that if you want to self-publish and you're willing to go deep into learning about how to do it then and do it right then, you know, that's certainly everybody's choice. I would like the experts, the professionals to deal with that for me, to have it in a catalog. My first book is in a catalog. It's about divorce. It goes to all the United States um, school counselors. Uh, you know, that's a great place. I don't have to market it that much. I do when I get the opportunity. But, you know, uh, to me, that's um, comforting. I'm not willing to do it all on my own. Yeah, absolutely. That makes sense. And I think for a lot of writers, they don't want to take on that part of it so that that makes total sense um could you tell us about that first book uh where am i sleeping tonight it's a really interesting topic and i'd love to find out kind of how you came up with that idea for your first book and and where well, it's sort of taken you I, I that actually was my 20th book that i wrote oh. uh, the first one published i didn't get my first 19 published yet uh so uh, my 30th got published, and I think, uh, I forget the number, actually, I can't, oh, I think it, uh, I, I really don't remember. I, I have too many books. I have over 50 books that I'm writing. Wow. Uh, but um, the, the, the first book that got published was, uh, I had a little boy in my classroom who I, uh, you know, was very, very touched by. Uh, he lived two homes one night, two homes the next night. You know, which was very sweet that his parents uh, wanted, you know, them, this boy involved. They lived close by. He wanted to be involved in, in uh, both their lives. So, uh, you know, that's great. However, he left a lot of things home. He was disorganized. I would be, too, if I lived in two homes. So um, it touched me, and it also had always touched me. I'm not divorced. My parents aren't divorced. But somehow divorce always touched me. I saw the pain in kids' eyes and just the way they reacted. They looked sad. And I wanted to touch on that subject. So I actually sat with him. I had just recently started writing, and I sat with him. I asked him a couple of questions if he minded, um, you know, if I wrote about him. Because I would read to my class anything I wrote and ask them for feedback. So they knew I was writing. Uh, and, um, you know, I feel very blessed that that was my first book because that has an audience. I'm still selling that. That's five years that was published in 2008. And, you know, I check, I check uh, you know, the Amazon rankings uh, mostly every morning. I check once a morning once I learned about it. And, uh, like, I just sold one. Uh, you know, it just it's consistent, very small, not, you know, big, but I, I'm very grateful to be still selling after five years. I think sometimes with big publishers, they go out of print in a few years. So um, I'm, I'm grateful that was my first book because there's a need for it. Yeah, absolutely. That seems like a, a topic that a lot of people would need that help on and that a picture book could help explain that kind of stuff to their kids or, you know, other people in their family and that sort of thing. So yeah, that I can certainly understand why the, the publishers wanted to pick that one. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, 
what did the process look like for your other books? I mean, you said, you know, that was your 20th book and then your 30th book got published. Uh, how long do you typically go in between uh, writing books or, or having books published? Because if you've been, if you've done 30, you know, 30 plus books in 12 years, uh, that's, that's a lot of writing. <laughs> well, let me go back for a second because you said something about, um, you know, with the, uh, about the divorce book. Um, you know what's really important is targeting correctly. So I had sent that out probably to 13 publishers and I got a lot of good feedback and a lot of comments uh, relating to that book. But this time I saw um, an ad for submission in the SCBWI. Do you know what that group is? Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. So there was a, at that point, um, you know, in two, in 2006, I think, or 2004, I forget now. Uh, 2006, uh, because it got public, I, it was done 2008. So it took two years from the time I signed the contract to actually get out. Uh, so in 2006, there was a submission request in the bulletin uh, for someone who just took over this large company, Bolden Publishing. And he was going to add in um, picture books to his list. You know, it's, it's for counselors. So they had workbooks and all other kinds of things. And he wanted some picture books. And he had a request for books on divorce, bullying, family issues, you know, whatever he had. It's targeting the submissions. He was looking for what I had already written. I looked at that and I said, oh, I have a book on divorce. I sent it in. And, you know, I think I heard like six weeks later, whereas sometimes I have my work out for two years. You get a rejection two years later. Uh, it's really targeting. Uh, my second book as well, I saw on the discussion boards a new publishing company was looking for books that focused on character traits. It's called character publishing. Well, I, I write from the heart of a teacher. I had a lot of books like that. Luckily, I chose Ruth the Sleuth in the Messy Room to, to deal with organization, which of course as a teacher I saw plenty of uh, problems in that area. And um, you know, luckily for me, I, that took a while, and seven months later uh, she said she was interested. So I'm learning it's all about targeting, and I find that difficult. And I suppose that's why people get agents, because it's hard to know. You know, you look in catalogs, it's hard to decipher exactly what each company is looking for, because maybe they've done divorce books. That doesn't mean they want another one. I mean, I've run into that. I've sent a, a bedtime book on a specific issue to one company, and they said, we love this, but we just bought one exactly like it. So, you know, timing is important and targeting the right person, the right uh, publishing company is important. And that takes a lot of work. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. Well, and, uh, you know, a lot of people um, on the, the self-published side and, and me included, I mean, we target specific issues or specific parent groups or that kind of thing. So I think you're, you're absolutely right that, you know, the targeting is key, whether you're writing for a specific end customer or for a specific publisher that's looking for that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, that, that's great. I did want to mention just, uh, you asked me if I knew of SCBWI, just for anybody who's listening and isn't familiar with it, that stands for Society of Children's Books, Writers and Illustrators. And it's a, a really big industry group. They do a lot of trainings and education as well as, you know, connecting writers with people in the publishing industry. So if you're interested in getting into the industry, you definitely want to check them out because, They've got a lot of resources and a lot of members. 
Um, how long have you been a member of, of that group? Since I uh, started, someone mentioned it to me as soon as I said I was writing that I had to join, and I really truly do not believe I would be published if I had not joined that group. That's great. Um, one thing I'm kind of curious about um, is you have this this large back catalog of books. Um, how often do you kind of go back and resubmit books that you wrote 10 years ago, or do you sort of write them and submit them for a while and then kind of move on and say, well, you know, that, that one didn't get picked up? Or with this long process that you're talking about of even hearing back, are you kind of constantly resubmitting older books? Yes. Or? Yes, I do. I, it really completely depends. I could just read an article like in Children's Writers Magazine and somebody says they're looking for something, uh, biographies, for example. So I submit to all those editors listed. Uh, I have uh, a biography, uh, on one biography. I have something else, uh, another nonfiction. Uh, so if, if somebody says a specific thing they're looking for, I might send it out. And if I'm inspired, like I just went to the um, SCBWI conference this weekend, uh, some of the things that I learned in different craft workshops, you know, I wrote myself notes and I'm going to go back to some of those stories where I see like uh, an issue or a problem and I'm going to maybe revise the beginning and then be inspired to send it out again. But if I learn of a new publisher or see a catalog or take a book out of the library, constantly getting out picture books. So I will look who published that particular book. If I check their catalog, um, I might see something and say, oh, I'm going to send out this book. But, you know, sometimes I forget about a book or sometimes I say, I think I might have given up on this. It kind of stinks. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and that's okay. I definitely don't believe all my 50 books are going to be published. Uh, and you know what? I couldn't handle it. I think you need, you know, I don't know how people publish more than maybe two a year would be a lot because how do you give it the attention for marketing and it's back and forth with the editors uh, it's, you know, it's hard. You have to balance it. I'm grateful I have the time to do what I want to do. Uh, if I had a full-time job, uh, it would be much more difficult. But, you know, to be able to work on all this, to pull up the other old stories, to find new places to send it. And you know what? It is really luck of the draw. And, and it's having nerve, too. Um, I think everybody needs, if they're interested in children's publishing, the children's writers and illustrated illustrators uh, with market guide uh, it's essential I look through it and every once in a while I'm looking through it and I was not just like weeks ago I was looking in the international section wondering you know maybe that was a market for uh, some of my stories and in it I had the nerve I read something I looked at the catalog online I had the nerve to email them and ask if they were interested in the story that I thought fit you know what I was seeing online in their catalogs. And you know, that day, three editors, I just sent it to the info at, and they must have passed it on three editors asked me for that story in that place. And one is actually asked me to let it go with everybody else because she's pursuing it. Wow. So I, that, that amazed me because then I looked back in my sheets and I had sent it a year ago and no one responded by regular mail. So it's timing. It's like, you know, really focusing. I looked at that catalog and I sent them the right story. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that's, you know, that speaks to your targeting that you mentioned earlier. I mean, targeting, a big aspect of that is timing as well. <laughs> so, you yeah. know, uh, what genres editors are interested in at the moment, what types of characters or social issues or things like that. I'm sure those things cycle and um, something they wouldn't have been interested in even a year ago. Now it's 
top of mind at their company. So, yeah. Well, like anybody who's listening and writes a children's book, the big thing at this conference uh, this past weekend was uh, about diversity, that all editors are looking for stories about diversity. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I can, I can certainly see that. Uh, so I'm just curious, just from my own perspective, with all these books that you've written, do you have any interest at all in possibly going back and, and self-publishing some of them if you don't get them picked up, or are you pretty committed to just sticking with the, you know, submitting them to traditional publishers? Yeah, I I am sub- committed to submitting to traditional publishers uh, because of what I said. I think it's a lot of work and uh, time effort to um, to to deal with the whole self-publishing. And I, I, you know, truthfully for me, I trust uh, that if it should be published and out there, then I, I will get it to the right person who believes in it. Um, you know, this last story that I can't talk about because I don't have the contract in hand yet, uh, you know, did get many rejections. And yet this person who read it felt passionate, said it gave her goosebumps. So. You just need to find that right person who believes in it, but it takes time and you have to believe in the process. And I don't you know, blame people for self-publishing because of the time that it might take. But for me, it's uh, more valid. I think that like as a teacher, um, I'll tell you that someone brought in like a self-published book. The person didn't put the time in to get it edited properly. There were mistakes. I, you know, I believe in traditional publishing to handle those kinds of things. Not that, you know, you see a lot of mistakes in regular published books as well. But I think that you really have to be committed to get it right and to get it in the right hands. Because of, um, you know, it, it's definitely gotten better self-publishing. But it certainly isn't in uh, schools as much. It won't be in libraries and bookstores. And I, d- I want to be included in all those places. Uh, so I'm not interested in self-publishing. Gotcha. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about um, what you do as far as promoting and marketing your own books. Um, you know, what types of promotional channels do you like to use and how much time do you spend um, kind of out there getting the word out about your books versus uh, writing since you are obviously a very prolific writer? <laughs> Well, I, you know, I balance it. I, you know, when the mood strikes me uh, or if something comes up, I mean, I'm on Pinterest, I'm on Twitter, I'm on Facebook. So if I see uh, on Pinterest, um, the minute I see if I get someone repinned my book, you know, I write them a nice little note underneath. Thank you so much. I'm very touched that you repinned my book. I hope it helps to heal. You know, I, I get back to people. I love Pinterest for that. I love Pinterest because I can also promote other authors. So if you would look at my Pinterest page, it's not just about my books. Uh, and I must commend you, Bo, because you see what you're doing? You're reaching out to other authors to get them to talk about. I know you're interested, but this is a way, by you promoting other authors, people are going to promote you back. I really think in this field, it's one hand washes the other. Uh, you know, I, I don't follow back on Twitter people who are, all they do is talk about their own books or have the link to their uh, Amazon 99 cents, uh, you know, book that they have self-published. That to me is a turnoff, and I think it is to most people. You have to offer something about writing, information about writing, uh, information about other authors. You can't just constantly try to sell your book, or people are not going to be tuning back in. 
So I think that's real important, and I, and I try to live by that. I am touched when other people retweet, like my interviews that um, people have interviewed me, and if they you know, retweet it, I just can't wait to do something back for them. So I think that you have to focus on that for all people who are trying to market. Make sure you have a balance of talking about your own work and giving information about writing or whatever it is. Uh, if you're writing about cooking, maybe you have information about cooking. But I think you have to have a balance. I think you need to, um, you know, help other people as as well. Uh, like, you know, give people ideas. Or if you're going to a book fair, you tell your other, you know, writing buddies. There's a book fair, uh, and uh, do you want to sell your book? They're looking for other authors. I I think that's all important. So I do. All the pretty much a lot of the social media, uh, but I also get out to the community when I find an opportunity. I think you have to think outside the box. So I was in Whole Foods, and I saw they have, you know, uh, kids reading like a kids book event, and I went up. I said, "Who's in charge of this event?" And I went up and I said, "I'm a local children's author. I'd be happy to read my book during the time, so that the person doesn't have to do it." And my cookie, my story, the second book, uh, Ruth the Sleuth in the Messy Room, begins and ends with chocolate chip cookies. Uh, so that would be a great snack we could maybe serve. And it was a fabulous event. And other um, authors who came, some people from my writing group, were thrilled because they approached her and. It turned out so well that she now is going to have other local authors as well. So, um, you know, I think you need to think outside the box as well. Involve your community. Find other places to sell your books uh, besides typical bookstores who are, you know, dealing with the big five book companies mostly. Yeah, that's, that's an awesome point. And I think that's something that has probably changed quite a bit just in, you know, the last few years maybe is – stores and community groups and that sort of thing really wanting to support local authors and um, and help spread the word about them rather than just saying oh we only want to deal with big name people you know I think they recognize that people in the community want to support their own and so if they can put them in front of their um, their crowd then it's going to be good for everybody so yeah that, that's a great point well also I went into you know and it takes nerve I, I'm not that comfortable doing this but I went in uh, where my sister lives in uh, New York somewhere, and I went into my local town, uh, which is in a different state, into a bakery because the second book begins and ends with chocolate chip cookies. And I asked if they'd want to, you know, sell it. And I wasn't asking them to buy it. It was, you know, completely they could have given me money after, and I expected them to take money f for it. And uh, both were very willing, and uh, not that I sold that many books, but I know one newspaper came in and saw it, in, in New York and wrote an article about it. You never know where something leads. So maybe I didn't sell a ton of books at either of the bakeries, but um, I'm not sure how many people saw it. In this one newspaper article, you don't know how many people bought uh, after reading the article. Yeah, for sure. But that, that's a great example. And um, yeah, I think if you don't ask, you don't get. So <laughs> you might as well be out there asking and trying yeah. to get into those those kind of unusual channels that yeah, who knows where that can lead. Um, having been a teacher, do you do a lot of school visits or that kind of thing? Uh, you know what? <laughs> I don't do that many. I've done a few. Uh, I, you know, people who know me have asked me um, to come in or if there's a, you know, a local school, someone gave my name uh, for a reading, uh, you know, program and I, I went in. 
but I really, I think I taught too long and I know what it's like. I think you have to be really enthusiastic and a wonderful presenter. Uh, and I was afraid. I want to make sure that I'm exciting enough and interesting enough. And I didn't, you know, I, I want to put my focus on the, the writing right now. But I have done it and I'm getting more exciting about, excited about doing it because I've been doing some Skype classroom visits. I did one last year, I guess, for World Read Aloud Day, and then um, someone recommended I do Skype in the Classroom. And so I put my name up on Skype in the Classroom, and I got a lot of requests. Until the second request, I smartened up, and I said, I'm happy to do it as long as you buy one or both of my books. Mm -hmm. And, you know, some people got back to me, and that's, you know, I don't know where that's going to lead. I asked, I, you know, if they didn't want to buy it personally, I have them ask the school librarian. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy because it's like touching little lives again. Uh, it's, you know, 20 minutes, half an hour tops because I'm not charging. If I did it longer, I might have to charge. Uh, you know, and I have the time, so I'm okay with it now. I don't want to do one every day, but I would do one once a week, once a month maybe. And uh, that has worked well. So that's a way of, I'm not giving it away completely because they have to buy my book in order for me to do the, the visit. And that's been exciting and fun. And I realized that as long as you're enthusiastic, uh, I, you know, the kids were thrilled each time. And I didn't do that much. Just sitting here with the Skype thing, I read my book, I asked some questions. Um, and it still was really, you know, the teachers loved it because the kids get excited. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think for kids to, to get to see the actual author behind the book is always a really exciting thing. <laughs> you know, it's like this mythical person that wrote a book that they love. So, yeah. That's great. Well, um, Carol, what's coming up uh, for you? What are you working on now? And, and where can people connect with you and find out more about your books and, and check out your books if they want to buy them? Um, that's very sweet of you to ask, Bo. Uh, on my website, www.carolgordonexter.com uh, is where I keep you know information. It's uh, My newest book is coming out January 1st. Uh, 2015 uh, with Pauline uh, Books and Media, and I'm excited about that. That's the largest publishing company uh, and that I have dealt with so far. So I'm excited about that. They have marketing team and all that, uh, which I have never experienced before. So we'll see where that goes. And um, I just keep plugging away at uh, all the different stories that I'm working on. I have many, and I have even more, uh, probably 50 more that I haven't even started drafts or like just a first paragraph. I have a lot of ideas, so it depends on how the spirit moves me, and that's like a blessing. After 35 years of teaching and living by a bell uh, to tell me everywhere to move and every new subject to start, uh, this is like a dream come true, that I can just do what I'd like. I bet. Yeah, that sounds great. Well, awesome. I will uh, make sure to link up Carol's website in the show notes. So go to letsmakekidsbooks.com um, to check that out. And I'll link to Carol's website so you can check out her books. And Carol, I just want to say thanks again for coming on the show and sharing all this. This has been great information and really enjoyed hearing your story. So thanks for taking the time. Thanks, Bo. Thanks for what you're doing. And I wish you the best of luck with your own writing. Thanks very much. Take care. Take care, Bo. Bye. Hi, Bo here. I just wanted to say thanks again for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it and finding it useful, please do me a quick favor and subscribe on iTunes or leave a review by going to letsmakekidsbooks.com slash iTunes or just share it with your author friends. 
To make sure you don't miss anything, including future episodes of the show, visit letsmakekidsbooks.com slash subscribe and enter your email to get all of my blog and podcast updates. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.